Are you ready for the Low Bros Network? It's the show where you control what's on the agenda. Ask us anything and we're broad bound to answer. Starring Rick Nash, Corporate King, and the Queen of Irish Wrestling. Are you ready? It's Ask <laughs> Rick <Rollo. laughs> Um, I'm Kendall. Oh, should I, should I actually ask her? Is it doing? Like, doing say intro? hello. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Like, Hi. you have to do an intro, like. This is the intro. <laughs> <laughs> Will we get to the questions? <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to get better at this as time goes on. <laughs> I feel like inconsistency seems to be my common trait. Like, I'm really good some weeks, another week I'm like. I remember one time you said, like, uh, you put like the show on like, I can't remember what it was like, you promoted it or something like that. So I was like, right, okay, you promoted it, I'm gonna put effort in, you know, it's gonna be a really good, and I gave a banging introduction. And then the following week, I completely forgot everything. I was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so anybody who joined us for our second week, um, back to square one. Inconsistency is your stick. But like, we've just had a really spirited discussion about like Walking yeah. Dead, and then like, as soon as the clap happens, it's like, all right. It just resets <laughs> every cell in my brain. Is like, whoa, let's let's go Wait, back to the start. Can they hear the clap? Or have I just made a really kind of weird STD? It reference? does sound like an STD reference. <laughs> the clap has happened. It, it's not an STD. <laughs> and now we can no longer look at no, each other. <laughs> I, it, no, it's not. It's not like that. Look, Rick has to clap. Um, basically, every show. It, look, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> Don't tell me that's made. <laughs> Fucking hell. Because the clap has happened. Right. Um, so, <laughs> at Kento CCSC, I really like this question. Again, Kento always, um, always delivers. You've been abducted, abducted by aliens. You can show them one TV show, one episode, film, wrestling match, and Irish comedian. Who slash what do you choose? Wait. What a weirdo, like, as well, like, you'd be such a weirdo where it's like the aliens land and you just, your <laughs> instinct is just walk up to them, take them by the hand and like, I need to show you a wrestling match. I'm <laughs> <laughs> psycho, well, like. Here's what I find very interesting, and I won't, we, it's, it's a potential, like, 24-hour discussion, so I won't get fully into it, but literally, it's so weird how you asked this when I had this conversation a few days ago. Um, like everybody has their own idea of what aliens are. Like the media constructs our idea that like it's you know the gooey green lads, but I mean it could literally be like a human-looking thing, but they speak French or something. But no, but there's humans that speak French. That's a bad example. <laughs> yeah. but the point is like they're French or like people. or like it could be humans with like their eyes where their mouth is, but their mouth is where their eyes are or right. something. Something you know what I mean? So or they could ha- they could have like human. It, you don't know. So it's interesting. But I'm gonna go with just the green lads just for the purpose of this uh, exercise. TV show. Um, what do you have for that? Oh, this is so interesting to me, right? Because do you show them like what you consider a perfect episode of a TV show, but then they don't get how great it is because they don't have the context for what the TV yeah. show is. Because for me, I was like, I think the finale of The Good Place is one of the most perfect episodes of television of all time. You know, it's funny, it's heartwarming, it's sweet, gives you a lovely crisis about your own life at the end of it. Um, very much relies upon the human existence though oh, yeah. yeah so maybe that's not great like it's a very human friendly show can you relate yeah. this alien yeah. <laughs> then I was thinking about other, other episodes I love like Game of Thrones Battle of the Bastards mm. phenomenal uh, but then do you get why it's phenomenal if you they, haven't seen well, the previous episodes they might enjoy the fighting they might but like it's like, I don't know, in my head, they're gonna kill us if they don't enjoy what we select for them, all right? I took it to a weird place. Okay. Um, so I eventually settled on something that can be like a standalone watch. Mm. 
Um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia episodes. I think you can delve into what you know, whatever. Um, Which one? This is where I ran into difficulty. <laughs> this is where I ran into difficulty. Um, the water park episode is a is a favorite of mine. Uh, Charlie work is a favorite of mine. Um, like. I like the one where they have the fancy dress party and they're all telling the same story. Who got the pregnant? Yeah, yeah, yeah who yeah, got yeah. the pregnant, yeah. <laughs> or the, we were only talking about the gang break deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, that, that's too much for the aliens. They'd be like, no, these are bad people. We should exterminate them. Um, I was watching a Family Feud episode the other day. Very funny as well. But like, I think it's always sunny as the way to go. Um, so, I don't know. I think I might go for... For the water park episode. Solid, solid. I was thinking of, I was, I, I ran into the same issue as you because again, like Game of Thrones, Winter Winter, the finale of season six where they have like Cersei sets off the bomb, blows up the the capital, uh, King's Landing, um, or also another one is uh, Lost, the season finale of episode three, where it's just twist turns, like kind of there's. You think flashbacks are happening, but then at the very end, you learn that it's actually in the future. And then you're like, but if that's in the future, why are they off the island? What's happening? What the fuck? What the fuck? It breaks your brain. Then you've got like standalone episodes of the show where you've got like uh, The Sopranos, uh, Pine Barrens. I don't know if any of you have seen that or heard that. It's brilliant. It's it's Polly and Christopher get stuck in... uh, They're two like mobsters, do you know what I mean? And they're kind of like... They're, they're charismatic but they're they're stupid like and they get stuck in like they they end up like getting it they're collecting money off a uh, russian mobs or a russian person who owes the money uh, but he's a tough bastard because he's, he's russian or something like that but he's a tough bastard and they they end up having to like both hop on him and kill him and they put him in the back but then when they got and then they have to drive to the woods and it's not and it's or it's in, in the mountains but it's snowing and uh, they, they're gonna bury the body um but then as soon as they open it the russian is still alive and then he just piles out the car and sprints away on them and then they shoot him where they think it's in the head and they see the bullet go into his head but they can't find the body and he just disappears and like they never answer where it will happen to this guy like it's a it's a big mystery but then they get lost in the woods and then like it's fucking hilarious from there it's a real bottle episode where it's just one episode of tv so i'm probably going pine barns with the sopranos because of what you say um about like just having to show them something entertaining for an hour um but again the other two would be like my my, my other favorite episodes of tv um i'll show them spongebob right but it would be the cooler catter version of spongebob where it's dubbed over <laughs> and he has this weird sort of like ah it's what them patrick it's like what the fuck because <laughs> then they go around to everyone after that and they would think that's what the regular spongebob sounds like but then they'd see an action episode of spongebob and they're like what the fuck i thought that'd be really really funny um that or i don't know maybe teletubbies i mean that's i'm thinking like what did i enjoy when i was an alien the first time that you were watching tv yeah that's yeah. what i'm thinking because i mean like again that's that's we don't know how, how much of this they're going to grasp. Aha, we have a baby in our son as well. What? Do <laughs> so you think aliens have the mental capacity to get to Ireland, like the intelligence, but also have the intelligence of our babies? Tinky winky. It's Cassie, whatever species you are. I just think that, like, Teletubbies oh. is one of those things that's just such a banging show that, like, if you showed it to them, they'd be like, oh, that's actually pretty good. I'd be like, yeah. 
<laughs> so what happens here is like Poe wants to humor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, like, you see, that's, that's the only dilemma. Do you let them like consume it normally and just watch it with the rest of us, or do you do you like give them a bit of guidance? The would they, would yeah. they like that? Would they, they get would the they, context? Would they, they appreciate the Teletubby yeah. lore, or would they say, "Look, this is art. Would you mind just letting me consume <laughs> the art and, and take it for what it is yeah. instead of giving me your interpretation?" You know yeah, that's I mean? it. You need to fill in the backstory. They're like, "Here's why there's a baby in the middle." Again, you have to be you have to be sure that like. They oh Baron Boo House actually you know oh, what I mean? actually I did enjoy that Lo- love or hate Baron Boo House I mean well nobody hates it Hands you love songs. it you only love it yeah. the ending you know the song at the good end boy, I mean, good friends goodbye you're gonna love it yeah. you're gonna love it regardless of whether or not you understood what happened in the episode so I think that's that's probably the direction I would go in with the aliens you know the same. reason that they stopped making that yeah and it's very sad yeah. <laughs> sorry for bringing it up <laughs> and, oh, the moon passed away did she yeah the the woman who did the voice of the moon passed away so they just ended the show that's right, right. I think that's that's a better move than like. Just Picking someone else, you know yeah. what I mean? I think like it's one of those things where ah, sad. But um, so we've all had we all shows for a TV show. So I've gone with press me. <laughs> yeah, we've gone with Lost, uh, Sopranos, Sopranos. That was sunny in Philadelphia. And I've gone with uh, <laughs> Teletubbies or SpongeBob. Oh, but strictly cooler car. Um, <laughs> film. Oh, I have mine for this. This is easy, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna basically show them Jackass one because obviously you can't enjoy you can't enjoy Jackass two or three without seeing one. You won't understand the lore or the you know what I mean. The storylines won't really make sense. So you know what I mean. I want them to watch that. And I want to I want to, I'll turn around to them and be like, look, you're gonna hear these are films. You're gonna hear a lot about them. You're gonna hear a lot about you know Scorsese, uh, Tarantino. You know what I mean. This is basically the first film. So this is where it all started. This is where the rest of them took inspiration. You'll hear about the Lumiere brothers as well. That was like just after this. You know what I mean? Really, really sort of. This is where it all began with Ryan Dunn shoving a toy car up his arse. And basically, <laughs> every film from this point onwards is them deciding like, how can we take that idea and expand it in different directions. So that way they'll understand the film a bit more, and um, I think they'll appreciate my teachings. I'm gonna go for something familiar because like Pulp Fiction is my favorite movie, but like again, it's not gonna be something they're gonna relate to. So I'm gonna give them something now. Like you could show them Independence Day, but like a lot of like you you're not gonna win them over because like a lot of movies where there's aliens in it, aliens are the bad guys. Yeah, you know what I mean? like, why are you portraying you know, them? Like, <laughs> yeah, look, all of your species died, <laughs> and then it's like. So you don't want to show them that. So what I'm gonna show them to try win them on side is I'm gonna show them Armageddon. And then at the end of it, it's going to be like, ha ha, your puny body died in our, in our space territory. And it's like, yeah, look, you can relate to this. <laughs> <laughs> See, look at us, we're losers as humans. Get them on side, and there you go. So Armageddon is my God, choice. we're such losers. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, also, I'm making a dramatic assumption about like where they're from. Do you know what I mean? I'm yeah. just like, yeah, do you know where you're from? Space. <laughs> like to them, we're from space yeah, like, so yeah. it's not like ah, ah, look, a son and it's like you have sons too <laughs> me it wasn't so much as narrowing down my favourite film as narrowing down my favourite Adam Sandler film because this is definitely why I would show the aliens I like to tell people Conair is my favourite film but it, it is up there but if we're being realistic The Longest Yard is absolutely my 100% favourite film and gets watched every three months without fail but I also do love The Waterboy. I think it's classic. I think it's very funny no matter how many times it's here. Or The Wedding Singer, you know. Mm. The Wedding Singer is an actual good film as well to get to you in the feels, you know. And it's got Billy Idol in it, who I absolutely adore. So uh, definitely an Adam Sandler film. I think it has to be The Longest Yard. Okay, solid. Wrestling match, right. I think... 
Again, you have to make them laugh. I think <laughs> and I think, again, you need a story that you know they can understand. You know, so it's like, right, she, champion, champion, lose belt. Roll up, one, two, three. No title anymore. Title, Katie Sad. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very simple story, but what an effective one. I think that the aliens will get it, understand it, they'd enjoy it. I'm gonna go with, with Katie Harry. Can you show them game. can you show them that but with the preamble of her comeback match? <laughs> <laughs> so like so she came back, won the belt, and now this happened. <laughs> uh, someone started a, a Wikipedia and obviously has a section on the OTT women's title. Forty three days that rain was. Yeah. Forty three. Be Kane by 42. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, there you go. Like, I, I needed that. Because I was seeing everyone else's reign at like two and three hundred plus days, and then seeing mine at 43 days. I needed that. To be fair, Sammy Jane's was kind of inflated. What <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, um. a uh, wrestling match. Um, I don't know, you need a wrestling match that's going to make people feel things. Like, uh, I think. I think Daniel Bryan versus Batista versus Triple H. Are we showing them video packages? I think if only if the video package was shown before the match, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, I think I'm gonna go with that. I think I think you see the video package, you understand the match. I think Daniel Bryan's so good, you go along on the journey with him. And it's But what what if they watch the video package and they're like Oh, this sounds fucking small. I don't want him winning it. And then, like, one, like Triple H comes out with the mower head, like, oh, this sounds fucking. This is dead. Yeah, I'm going for this guy. <laughs> I actually hate showing non wrestling fans wrestling that I really like because it's like you don't know if they're going to even like wrestling. Mm-hmm. So, like, their reactions, and if they're unimpressed with it. So, what I'm going to do is we're going to throw them something funny and randomly entertaining. Uh, from this year, actually, it's going to be Damien Priest against The Miz, the Lumberjack match with the zombies. Oh, my God. And I'm like, they're probably going to like this because this is just mental and it's like there you go if you don't enjoy it I didn't particularly either it's not my favourite match you don't get to see that <laughs> it's zombies you know, you know if, zombies, you, if they know. enjoy that I'll throw them Austin Rocket from Wrestlemania 17 I'm like they do this good too uh, yeah no I actually do get what you mean like yeah. it's, it can be kind of like where you think oh this is deadly and then they see they, all, they only see the fake punches and you yeah. know like, like no, it, no it is it is they're like, when the crowd is like hot, and you're like, oh my god, look at this, yeah, and that yeah. pop, and they're like, they're all losers. They're, yeah, they're not doing that, they don't understand, so yeah, yeah. I guess you. Um, Irish comedian. This is a hard one. Mm. I'm not going to lie, I don't have, like, you see, again, I, I enjoy taking the piss out of aliens for the last three, but I wouldn't wish, like, Facebook comedy comedians on any of these aliens, like, I really wouldn't, like... I'd show them Key and Toomey and I'd say, do you see him? He tastes real nice. Or sorry, did I say that wrong? Key and Twamey. Oh, it's Twamey. <laughs> <laughs> I did think that's how I said Key and Twamey. Key and Twamey. <laughs> I thought it was French. <laughs> Um, I actually do like a lot of Irish comedians. Ed Byrne is my favourite, has been for years, but I wouldn't show him to an alien because I think he's an acquired taste. Mm. Um, I'd go Dara O'Brien, an intelligent Sorry. Irish comedian, you know, and I think he'd be able to kind of tailor a set, make it topical, make the aliens laugh. He'd probably know what's going on in their lives and um, to turn it into a good set. So I show, I'll, I'll pick Dara O'Brien. He's done a lot of that sci-fi stuff as well, so he'd actually know interesting facts that they'd be Oh, he doesn't, doesn't he have like a master's degree in like... Yeah. It's very aliens, like yeah, in aliens. Much, yeah, in aliens. Yeah. See, I yeah, my, my like actual like yeah. So I 
I was thinking of like Irish Twitter comedians that I really like, um, Sean Burke and um, Michael Fry, Justine Stapper and people like that. There's so many, there's actually like, there's a wealth of really funny content on Twitter, right? But the one that, um, yeah, I was thinking Daryl Breen as well, that was my answer. Because I remember like, I used to do fucking, <laughs> like, I had to do like TG homework at home and I hated it. And I remember like, just like feeling like shit fucking doing all this drawings and all that. And like, I remember I was like, oh, what do I do? Like, what do I put on beside me? Like, I just put on fucking on some comedian. I mean, it was the only one I could think of, like, Daryl Breen, sure. I never never watched him before, but I was like, I don't know who he is, throw him on or and I'd be doing these drawings that have to be very precise, like with like rulers and you know set squares and t squares and all that sort of shit. And my page would be turned to fucking squiggles because he'd say something in his set, and I'd just start crying like you on the treadmill. You'd know, be crying, laughing, just like oh for fuck's sake. Um, so you know, I was quite dumb at the age of fifteen. So I feel like if 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 he can make me laugh that hard, I'd say the aliens will think he's the funniest cunt ever. So um, yeah, I rate that being very highly. Um, that was an excellent question, Ken. Don't that. <laughs> Um, and levers. very very interesting at scott <laughs> underscore Aspel, have everyone download the app letterboxd do you say the appeals to yeah. d do you it'd be weird if it was a silent d I'm not gonna lie i always just said letterbox okay um i don't know letterboxd um <laughs> you don't over pronounce it i can't do that at home right if i go d that's short for dish and the dogs Take that as we're being fed right now this second. Really? Yes. So if I go, they're like, <gasps> I'm like, so I can't say that. The now, panic in your eyes when you said it. Yeah, <laughs> it literally it brought me back. I was like, I can't say that. <laughs> um, so you said, have everyone download the app um, and company each other's uh, MCU ranking. Um, I don't have the app. My loophole is that this technically isn't a question; it's a demand. So um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into that loophole with both feet and say uh, that's why I I didn't bother downloading it or ranking the MCU, and not because I just never watched an MCU film. But if either of you have uh, have it ranked or, or if you want to hop in, I downloaded it last night just to have this, and I was interested in myself. I don't know. Do you have it? No, but it is something I wanted to start doing because no one will listen to my film opinions in real life. So. <laughs> We're forced to. We're at good point here. This is a podcast. Like, we can't leave. Yeah, I'll float you. I'll just name names. I won't How many is there? Really. 25. I'm not going to give commentary. I'm not going to give commentary. I'm just going to go through the list. 25, Incredible Hulk. 24, Tour of the Dark World. 23, Iron Man 2. 22, uh, Age of Ultron. 21, Black Widow. 20, Thor. 19, Iron Man 3. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, Ant-Man, The Avengers, we're into the top 10 now. In at number 10, Iron Man, the first one. In at number 9, Spider-Man Homecoming. In at number 8, uh, Black Panther. In at number 7, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I liked it that it immediately got into my top 10. In at number 6, Captain America Civil War. In at number 5, Captain America, The First Avenger. Four, Thor Ragnarok. Three, Guardians of the Galaxy. Two, Avengers Endgame. And the, my favourite MCU movie by far is Avengers Infinity War. There you go. Well, do you have a ranking off the top of your head? That's that quick and Or even precise. just off the top of your head, like what your top, top five ten or top, or top three. Five, or... uh, my, some of yours were criminally low, by the way. Like <laughs> what? Black Widow criminally low it's fine like i like all those movies like once you get to once you get past kind of like the once you get past like from 
Yeah, for, like I like Iron Man too. I like Age of Ultron. Like so, one like Thor: The Dark World and Incredible Hulk are the only ones I don't really like. So I generally like these movies, but I generally I I rank them in terms of because you could literally just pull them up and down. Mm-hmm. And I was like, would I watch that over that? Yes, I would. Yeah. You know. Okay, I'll try to do my top five. Civil War is mm-hmm. my number one. Uh, I'll just say what's in my top five without ranking them. Civil War, Shang Chi is top five for me. Nice. Now. Um, Winter Soldier. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Two, that was criminal. That was well on your list. <laughs> it's just not. It's just not as good as the first one. But again, I, I like it. I, I watch a, it. I'm a Yondu fan. I like Yondu. And yeah. It's very Yondu yeah, heavy. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I like when people I like don't die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then probably Thor Ragnarok as well, round and out. Can't be Thor Ragnarok. Thoughts on Shang Chi? Ah, uh, it's just it's. I just love it. I love it so much. It might even be top two for me. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of like the old school martial arts films that I grew up loving. And like you can actually see the influence of Jackie Chan in a lot of the scenes. Like they've actually like ripped some of his stuff straight off and put it into Shang-Chi. Um, and then it's like, but it's still got the, the Marvel, you know what I mean? And I like that it wasn't reliant on like weapons and gadgets and stuff like that. It was just a proper like people fighting each other yeah you know like i grew up loving things like the street fire film even though people fucking hate it that's one of my favorite films growing up oh it just reminded me of all, all those kind of films we can't talk about the, the spoiler in the middle the big thing the, yeah yeah you know what i'm yeah. talking about have you heard that there's a featurette that explains and sets that up on disney plus really it's a 10 minute thing and it's like it's a proper scene out of a movie it's like yeah. an extra scene it's such a gift you have to work for it because obviously it gives away a spoiler yeah um but you do have to find it if you went to marvel you'd be able to find it it's brilliant i only watched that and stay for the credits they even have credits and they even have cre- after credits scenes. here's a question why do people still leave for the credits at marvel films how do they not know i like i i was in there with like two other people because i saw an early morning show on um and i was in there with two other people and they stayed for the mid credit scene and it's like you stay until the end. Until the very end. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just don't get how people yeah. are still doing that. Like. Yeah, it's it's madness. I think it's dad's. Like for me, it was a dad with his kid, and I'd say the dad just wanted to go. Like, <laughs> and the kid was just too young that no one had told him yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, awesome stuff. I agree with what you said. Thanks for the question slash sentence, uh, Scott. <laughs> At Simpsons WWE, the Olympia Theater is set to be renamed under a new sponsorship deal with Three. Uh, not the Olympia Theatre, like Three Olympia is what they've gone with. Uh, <laughs> can you ruin the aura of a venue with a sponsorship deal? I don't know. I mean, like, I was thinking about this, right? But Madison Square deals actually sounds alright. So. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> what? Did I use the Mad- Madison Square Space Garden? <laughs> I love it. I actually think you can make it better. Um, no, I think with this, I and, and I was full ready to say yes, but then I think about like places that they've renamed and I just get used to them. Mm-hmm. Lansdowne Road is now the Aviva. I got used to it. The Point is now the Tree Arena. I got used to it. It's like wrestler names. Do you know when you're like, I am never going to stop calling Cesaro Antonio Cesaro. How dare they take away his first name? And then years later, you're like, Cesaro the class match. <laughs> and you just don't care anymore. Like, uh, Biggie's name is Biggie Langston. How dare you? Biggie won the belt. It's grand. <laughs> um, you get used to them and it just becomes the name. So, uh, 
I don't think it can ruin a venue, um, and I don't think it's one of the things that's most important. Um, I, I also don't think you're never you're ever gonna call it like Tree Olympia. Like it's yeah. like not like not, it does not naturally because it's still called the you'd say the Olympia, and that part is still part of the name. Sometimes I like yeah, I agree. Like with the Aviva, especially like that would be an example of of like sponsorship like from their perspective gone right where it's like people call it the Aviva I think it's because I'm right it's like it was called the Aviva since it opened I'm right saying that so like that that's part of it as well and the tree arena I call it the tree arena mainly because I'm not old enough for it to ever be like the point in my head like it was the tree arena and then it was the O2 before that so like you know what I mean it was always sponsored for me um I don't know so like sometimes it doesn't work I remember a sports direct arena St. James's Park, that that flopped. <laughs> I think there are times that it will flop. Like if somebody was to rename Old Trafford like the Mighty Munch Crisps Stadium or something, you know what I mean? Like I don't think anybody's gonna call it that like the <laughs> <laughs> Mighty Munch Stadium from Manchester United. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? I think that somewhere it won't work, somewhere it does. Yeah, I kind of feel like sometimes you like it, it does catch on, even if you think it's shy. I think I think most people probably assume would probably think it's shy. I think it's shy personally. I also think as well though, like if we don't like something, we just call it by the name. Yeah, like, yeah, we, we just, just call it points. Like yeah, it just there's nothing stopping us from calling it what we call it. You know what I mean? It's just it, it is literally just a badge on the fucking. On, they're actually talking about it. Just more like on the radio, I heard this morning they were saying like, "Well, actually, we don't think that people are gonna say the name verbally, but subconsciously it'll set in the sponsorship. It really is beneficial. Like, you're just being honest. Nobody's gonna call it Tree Olympia. Like, <laughs> and you can't be grudging them after the year place of the pad either. Like, it, the Olympia could have been a place on its knees, and the sponsorship point, deal. Actually is going to keep it open, you know what I mean? So I really don't care they've added a random number to the beginning of the name. Also, my Mac calls it the O3, so that didn't work at all. Like, where are you going? Is, is it the O3? I'm like, yes. yes, I mean, look, she knows. That's actually improved to Like, name. she knows better. Like, in her head, where the building is. I know the building she's talking about, so we're just going to call it the O3. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we haven't, no, we, we can't uh, <laughs> ruin it. But thank you for the question. Um, Declan, at Terry versus Martina, I'm pretty sure we have all been aggressive towards someone in the past. I've never been aggressive. I've, <laughs> I'm, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> depends on, it depends on how aggressive we're talking about here, Declan. Um, towards someone in the past, you don't make it 33 years old and not make mistakes. I have You've got 12 years. I'm not 33, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm a decade, years. actually. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm in my early time. Mid-twenties yeah. now, how fucking up? Okay, you don't need this yeah, hat about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, with wrestling coming back, where do you draw the line at giving someone a second chance? Obviously, POs and rapists don't deserve a second chance just before someone takes me up wrong on what I'm saying. It's actually a good question, because, like, look, it's not necessarily, like, we've covered, I think, to death Irish wrestling now and stuff like that. And I think we've no kind of appetite to go back into the same issues. But it is an interesting question in terms of like, we don't have to make it about Irish wrestling. It's like, where do you give someone a second chance? Like, when does that count? When does someone deserve a second chance? Then you use, I've got something to say if, or if well, I think you can. I mean, there's, there's a lot to it. Like step one, and this is not the final, it's step one of many is taking accountability that's like for me it's like again it's step one of many just because somebody says sorry doesn't mean you can take them back straight away but that needs surely that's like step one you know what i mean i think another thing that you need to take into account in my opinion anyway is like how does the victim feel you know what i mean does the victim forgive them i don't feel like i'm in a position to turn around and forgive someone 
on behalf of someone else. I was having this conversation in my comment section today. Um, somebody said, because um, I made a joke about Tessa Blanchard in my video. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, for 91 euro for a camera. Anyway, um, <laughs> Tessa Blanchard. And like somebody was saying, like, oh, she should get a second chance though, because like Hogan got a second chance and these people got a second chance. I'm like, man, but like, like no, because like first of all, she hasn't taken any accountability. You know, I mean, she said, "Oh, it wasn't me. I didn't do it." So obviously, there's no signs of personal growth there whatsoever. Even if like you know, it happened years ago, or whatever. Nothing's changed. But also, like, I feel a bit weird as like a white man to be like, "Well, actually, I forgive somebody for being racist." It's like, dude, it's like, well, yeah, it didn't, it, they weren't being racist to me, were they? You know, yeah. who am I to forgive someone and, and say, "Oh, do you know what? I, a white man, will give you a second chance for your fucking racism." Like, what? Yeah. What's you know what I mean? I don't think it's my. It's my place to really say, you know, oh, well, actually, I forgive you, and I think you should come back, you know what I mean? I feel like, it, it, in my opinion, I'd, I'd be more inclined to listen to what, you know, the victims will be saying, and what, like, what their sort of thought process is. But I don't, I don't know, I don't, like, I'll, be, I'll be honest, I didn't prepare for this question, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I'm just sort of saying what's on my head off the top of it, but yeah. that's, that's roughly where I am. Okay, do you have anything? Yeah, like, like, in a very broad sense, yeah. I... I, I, I like the idea of people being able to rehab themselves and I, I like the idea of people being able to learn from their mistakes and I suppose like sometimes I, I like to look at not why the mistakes were made but like the, the broader context of, of a per person's life you know mm -hmm. so for example if it's someone who's an alcoholic and they've done some very hurtful things but this was part of what they were going through and now they've gone through treatment they're genuinely sincere mm -hmm. they're genuinely like Keen said taking accountability and they show that they're sorry through actions rather than words then I am more inclined to give people a second chance now that's just a, a very broad example yeah. and it, you know but I think it can be applied to a lot of different situations so mm -hmm. I, I think with Keen like it's very much dependent on accountability sincerity and what they've done there are some things that i won't forgive yeah. but there are some broader things where i will forgive if i feel like the person is genuinely remorseful and will genuinely work to fix things to make things better so i i, I do believe a lot of people can be i don't want to say saved but i would also say time as well that might yeah, have to mention that like yeah, that's a big one you can't just fucking you know, okay second chance straight away i mean like yeah. a couple of years at least you know what i mean it, depending again it depends on like what we're talking about and stuff like that but i mean like you know uh yeah it, it, it would take a, it takes a lot like a lot more than what we usually see in wrestling in my opinion when it comes to like people getting deserving second chances or getting them yeah like broken trust takes a lot to fix yeah. if it can ever be fixed and there's a lot of variables why it can and can't be fixed yeah. um but yeah it's 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 something that has to be earned back not not given you know what yeah. i mean First, uh, first things like with this deck, and I want to actually say thanks for actually asking this because I find that this is kind of thrown around a lot lately, and and I think too often with these issues, I found that people kind of get insecure and are afraid to have their position challenged or how they feel about it, so they just assume everything that the other side thinks, and they don't actually ask or have the conversation. Um, so I appreciate you actually asking us our stance, like, and we don't have to necessarily agree. I don't know if we do or not, but like. Um, like the fact that you actually were had the balls to challenge your stance and, and put it out there, I respect that. Uh, to answer your question, I think it's very straightforward and, and kind of been discussed already. If they've been accused of a crime, uh, then they can get a second chance when they've served time for that crime, or uh, I'm sorry, and expressed remorse. Uh, or if they've at the very least been investigated by independent sources, ideally the law and cleared. And even then, I wouldn't be going out of my way like with a podcast and stuff like that to praise or celebrate them. It's more a case of indulgence 
those cases where they've been cleared, quote unquote, where you can't deny someone a living, but also nobody is entitled to a living in the public eye either. So if they can't overcome the criticism for it that they're going to get or the vitriol that they're going to get, then that's just too bad for them. Like it's kind of you play the free market then. So examples of this would be the pushback shown to London Irish for publicly advertising Paddy Jackson last week, uh, or the unease around Cristiano Ronaldo, particularly since he resigned from Man United. You know what I mean? If they can't overcome that, then well, like that's just too bad. You know what I mean? And and, and kind of that's the thing. But I'm digressing a bit there because I know you're speaking about second chances, so I know you're kind of assuming from the get go that they're guilty and try to come back after that. I think the important distinction here to remember is you don't get second chances if you've actually never suffered any consequences for the quote-unquote mistake that you've made. And I know you're not talking about kind of, you know, rapists or pedos, but ultimately that's what a lot of people are mad about kind of in the post-Me Too era. Uh, you speak about aggression too, which is implying maybe violence, and well... Violence is a crime and one that seriously impacts others. So you don't just get to walk away from it. It's not something that you're like, oh, well, I got drunk and boxed the guy's head off. You know what I mean? If you get caught for that and if you, if you face consequences for that and you've done something violent, that's life and you've earned the consequences that you faced. So that's something that you don't get away. There's another thing here, and I won't tie it into kind of Irish wrestling and make it kind of a, 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 st a personal sting, but also I remember Ben Given making a really good point about this on Twitter, and it's like, you don't have to be a wrestler. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, wrestling is a dream job that very few people get to do it. It's not an entitlement. So, like, if it's wrestling and the likes, or even if it's football or rugby, like Ronaldo, Paddy Jackson, those kind of people as well, like, they're not entitled to do it. And it's something that they can, like, what a lot of people, when they say they don't want to see, like, wrestlers, like, out on, like, performing and stuff like that, or they don't want to support shows that they're on, like, a lot of times, like, you'll get people pushing back going, well, you, you can't take it away from them. You absolutely can't. It's your dream job. If you make a massive fuck up, you don't get to do your dream job. Because guess what? There's 500 more people behind you in the queue who haven't done those horrible things. So you can go out and get a real job and you can do a, you can do real life things. Like, there's, like, I think as well, there's this kind of, um, like, kind of, I, I, there's this kind of notice notion that there's something wrong with real jobs or there's something that kind of is like horrific about real jobs and that like kind of I think wrestling as well can kind of like harbor people who like struggle in life. I saw it on Heels a while back and I hate this point. I've grown to hate it so much more where it's like people are, like they made the point on Heels where the two characters are like, you know what I'd be if I didn't have wrestling? I'd be a fuck up and you'd be a fuck up. And it's like, well, Wrestling isn't your solution. You don't get to continue to be a fuck up, but then be a wrestler. You know, the better solution is live a normal life, get fucking therapy, and learn how to function in society rather than just inflicting yourself upon like an industry that takes in like kind of that that is sympathetic towards kind of people on the outskirts of life. You don't get to inflict it. So, like to me, the easiest option and the one that requires the least amount of work and effort is to just pretend that nothing has happened and to just go back to normal i think that's where people are at where they don't like think people deserve second chances like over here like you know and and we're kind of the scene that we've had and stuff like that people are saying about second chances second chances and it's like 
Do you, like, there was no wrestling for a year. So if someone's coming back on the show, they haven't actually lost anything more than the entire industry lost. Because nobody got to wrestle here for a year. So it's not as if it's like, holy shit, wow, they missed two shows. How did they live? You know what I mean? It's like... So I, I don't get that attitude about second chances. It's not a second chance if they haven't atoned for their chance. If they haven't, like Corver Keane said, if they haven't taken responsibility and owned what they did and been accountable and like kind of dealt with it. Otherwise, they're still on their first chance. They're just getting shit for it because they're getting away with it and people don't want that. And they chose the public eye. This is part of that choice. All that is, is not a, it's not like people taking away a chance for them. It is a consequence of their actions. And you know what? Like, there's a notion, the last thing, last point I make is people say like, but people are young and you make mistakes when you're young. And you know what? You do. Like, you know, people have gotten drunk. Like when you're young, you get drunk. You might, you might piss where you're not supposed to piss. Do you know what I mean? Or you might, you know what I mean? Like declare your love to someone in a clumsy way or something. They're kind of the mistakes you make when you're young. There, you don't get to like be aggressive like like the example you've given is aggressive is aggression do you know what I mean you don't get to be aggressive when you're young and just get away with it do you know what I mean it's like there are still consequences for that and you still know right from wrong and do you know what's a really good lesson to learn when you're young just to finish up on this that actions have consequences do you know what's a really bad lesson for young people to learn that if you do something you shouldn't face consequences for it that is how you get absolute that's how you get fucking serial killers you know what i mean by teaching them that you can get away with whatever you want and get a second chance no matter what you do it's good for people to face consequences because that's how they learn that's how they grow and when they've gone through that learning and growth process then and only then in my opinion should we start thinking second chance anyway thank you that, for the question yeah, thanks for that by the way Definitely. i do appreciate you asking that Adam at Clueless Nerd with more reports coming out seemingly every week about talent's contracts being up uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn being the latest how difficult do you think it will be for WWE to retain talent now after a pay-per-view like All Out slash Brian and Cole uh, jumping ship to AEW this is interesting because I was having this debate with somebody the other day I actually think like the decision is kind of already made for them it's like you've got some wrestlers who will, who will re-sign with WWE with their eyes shut won't even look at the contract and like yeah I'm with WWE forever you know what I mean Pete Dunne I don't think there was even a debate to be had you know what I mean he was just like I'm in you know what I mean um, whereas there's others you know I, I, like Kevin Owens for me is 100% locked in for AEW I'm like convinced of it Sami Zayn I'd say will follow um, Balor I've, I've had a debate with, uh, with some people about Balor I think Balor is 40 I think he, he enjoys wrestling I actually think he I, I think he probably looks at AEW and thinks that'd be a fucking laugh you know what I mean I, I'd go over there I don't think but I think it is it, it, but it is um, it's a mix you know what I mean it's not really one you know everyone wants to go to AEW everyone stay I think there's, there's that's what makes it so exciting there's a debate to be had you don't know who falls where really like I'm speculating Kevin Owens is the lock for AEW I don't know that I mean sir, I've I mean, never heard anything like, like either way yeah. you know what I mean it's like for me it's like we don't know like there could be a group of mates backstage at WWE love going to work because they get to see their mates and hang out and you know what I mean or they love travelling around the place or maybe certain aspects that one person hates about working in WWE other people might love we assume as fans one thing we care about as fans the product you know what I mean so we yeah. assume like they obviously care about the product as we do now, and a lot of wrestlers do care about the product but a lot don't as well 
for a lot of them it's just work and they're happy enough to be a part of WWE I think like I, I disagree on that I think like it's a case and Katie you can kind of go from this because you've probably been a wrestler in bad storylines and stuff like that beforehand yes. you know what I mean and like I don't think it's that they don't care I, I think it's that like when you're when you're given a direction I think you're just like right I, I, like because there's a certain personal responsibility to that you can make a bad thing good if you're good enough or like sometimes you can get a bad idea but there's nothing you can do hairspray out of Paul do you know what I mean <laughs> there, there wasn't much you could have done with that but like you know like so I think there's that attitude where they're like they don't necessarily see it as bad because they're like I'm good so I can make it good you know what I mean yeah, so I think there's that, that, that is very true and like sometimes you're like you're on a promise okay do you do this storyline well this is what's happening next mm. you know what I mean so it's like it's like dangling a carrot like just do this and then this is what comes after you know this is this is to keep you busy until this happens and it's but a thing that happens it's interesting so we've seen we've seen Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan come out and say like we love WWE but we came here anyway so it, it is interesting there's people who love WWE that still come over people who hate WWE that obviously come over um, AEW also isn't going to sign everyone there is that aspect of it as well there's a lot of people who would be talented enough for AEW that ne wouldn't necessarily get a contract so they might stay in WWE um, it, I don't know it's interesting I, I don't think um, yeah it, it's, it's certainly it's giving people options and that's good do you know what I think? Uh, like, if we're gonna recklessly speculate, I think uh, I think Balor. I don't think he go to AEW again. Nothing to base this on, for the record. I don't think he go to AEW. I think he'd look at. Did you see what came out where Daniel Bryan got offered? You can do G one and all the new fan stuff and stay with WWE. I think Balor. I think like there'll be people who look at that and they'll be like. I can get the benefits from WWE, but I can also go away and be cool. Nakamura as well, like go over and do a G One, like he's still very close with all those people, or go over and do a Wrestle Kingdom match and so on. So, like, here's the thing to remember as well that when when spots like like now AEW is almost looking clogged, it's almost becoming a bad place to be because where do you fit? Like, do you remember when Pete Dunne's contract was coming up, and we we're like. I think he's actually better staying in WWE because he's going to go far there. Like, how do they fit him on AEW? They are almost more stacked in a main event slot than WWE is. So, yeah, like, wrestlers aren't going to view this as what's the cooler product. Uh, Daniel Bryan, I can see why he viewed it because he's winding down his career. Do you know what I mean? So he's like, what do I want? I want, I want to have fun. Where can I have the most fun with the last few months and still make probably good money? Um, but, like... I think people, wrestlers are going to look at it as where is my opportunity best? You know what I mean? It's like if I stay in WWE, I can main event to WrestleMania and that was always my goal. You know what I mean? And they're going to see it that way too. So um, it's I think it's a lot more close run. I think people are assuming that everyone wants to wrestle in AEW now because it's cool. But people can see opportunities in other people giving up their spots. I mean, well. if every, yeah, if everyone leaves, it's, it's going to open up more spots for you know, your... Um Prom breakers and uh, yeah. the lads. So, oh uh, yeah, I don't know. Again, because there are some people who would be like, you know, this has been my childhood dream. I want to go for this. And there's other people who'd be like, you know, well, I want to have fun and my mates. Again, like things that we don't really take into. Well, some fans do. I don't really usually, but um, you know, where do they, where are their mates wrestling? You know what I mean? If all your mates are in AEW having a crack, you know what I mean? And you know, again, it's not the indies. Like you're gonna get a contract with a full time wage and all that. So, you, you consider it be if something you're taking into account. So it is interesting. Yeah, like this. I I think. For a lot of them, wrestling isn't actually going to be the draw for where they end up. Mm -hmm. I think being at home for the pandemic is going to be a draw for a lot of people. Like, if you've been enjoying being at home with your family for that year and a half, are you going to want to go do house shows for WWE mm -hmm. five days a week? Yeah, and you want to want to go do grueling like European tours and stuff where you might be in a six-man tag. You know what I mean? So I think like if you're family orientated, 
even NXT might be a better option because they film in the same place every week, you know? Or AEW might be more appealing because you're not on every show. You might yeah. just work your big storyline and then you get to chill. Like, Adam Page basically getting maternity leave for yeah. the biggest show of their year. Like, that could be a massive perk when you when you consider, like, how many WWE books have we read where people are missing the births of their children and, like, you know, That's all this be. sort of shit. Like, As yeah. well, um, you, you remind me of there, third-party um, third income, sources of income, like, you know, cameos oh, and Twitch. Yeah. Adam Cole has caught, I've got a record multiple times and said, like, one of the major reasons was my Twitch. I love Twitch and hanging out with people, so they want to take that kind of away and all that. Here's another thing that's really worth considering, okay? Because what you have to consider is that life is long and, like, our public opinion will turn and go up and down and one company will be cool one month and then the other the next. What's like so? What who's gonna who you're right in what you say, and I always say when you analyze wrestlers and what they're gonna do, don't analyze what you think about the storylines they're doing, analyze the life and the think about it as a job. And that's the best bit of analysis we've got on this because it's actually like that's how real people consider jobs, job choices they make. But who's that going to appeal to? It's gonna appeal to older people with families and stuff like that, mm. people that are gonna be older and thinking about retiring and, and like winding their career down, which means the WWE's market is gonna fill up with. And they're already targeting this and moving in this direction weird as it might be with NXT 2.0 but still they're targeting younger people do you know what I mean so now WWE are probably if you're looking two three years ahead WWE are probably gonna have the cool like the younger roster filled with kind of underdogs do you know what I mean and AEW are gonna all of a sudden have the, the Daniel Bryans the Adam Coles the veterans do you know what I mean when the young books start getting a bit old and they're like you know we've been wrestling a while Cody's already talking about retirement do you know what I mean um, so like there's that too but now it, it seems impossible now because they're so cool and they're so like kind of relevant and stuff and they have us in the zeitgeist but like that's not the way wrestling works like a year ago we were like and well a little over a year ago we were like oh my god i can't wait till irish wrestling comes back things change fast and perceptions change fast do you know what i mean so like wwe all of a sudden it, like when aw aw could like take over from wwe in the ratings and start to kick their ass like wcw did and then wwe could come back with some fresh new characters and stuff like that you don't know like these things will change and there will be ups and downs like uh yeah that's it. Thank you for the question, Adam. Uh, Joe asked a question, but I have to piss. So if you read it out, <laughs> if, if you read it out and the two of you answer it long enough, I should be able to come back. I do have an answer for it because I, I saw right. an interesting story related yeah, to this. I actually don't have an answer. Oh, make up an answer. <laughs> okay. I, I'll go first. Joe asked, uh, what or who do you think there should be a dark side of the ring on? My show is Ian Rotten. Everything that lad has done has been scummy and carny as fuck. I'm going to say Eric Rowan and just leave it there. <laughs> um, no, I'll come up with dark side of the ring. Um... Oh, uh, interesting wrestlers. Um, Has Sid Vicious had one? No, and that absolutely should be done. The stabbing? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, there's enough mad stories going around about him. I think I'd be curious about Sid Vicious' dark side of the ring. Okay, here's an interesting twist on this question. And, and I know you may have to be careful and can't give like maybe the, the answers you want to give, but like think of the answers that maybe you can give away. Has there, has there ever been a wrestler you've met or been like on tour with and you're like, they'd actually be a perfect candidate? Because people look at them and they're like, I don't know who they're like, they're, they're mad. Like for me, 
Kid Cash or Tracy Smothers, either way. Not that they're dark side of the ring. Like, it can be a happy dark side of the ring with Tracy Smothers in particular. It's not a yeah. scandalous one, but he's a fucking weird cat. Like, he's, <laughs> like, fascinating. And there's so many stories that'll be there. Uh, Kid Cash, a bit more leaning into the dark side of the ring thing. I've told stories about it where, like, he, I remember one time it was, like, he nearly like he fractured a cameraman's eye socket because he went psycho on a show. Oh. Um, I remember he was taking a training class and one guy he was he was with a guy in there who was like a second or third. And the other way he always go left to left on shoulder blocks. Mm. This guy was just never told that because it was a second or third session. He still learned how to bump. And Kid Cash decided to just use him as an example. He's not gonna say no. I'm not going to get in the ring with you, Kid Cash. So he goes in accidentally goes right to left. Kid Cash pushes him down on the ground and like this is shortly after we'd um, like we'd heard about this story about a fracture of some guy's eye socket and then we're sitting there like and he's like berating him he's like you're gonna fucking kill me you're gonna fucking kill me and he starts like pointing and getting in his face and like me and like one of the trainers are sitting there and we're both kind of standing up but we're like putting our hand over each other and we're like do we get up yet do we get up yet do we get up yet and it's like it was off and then we just uh, like eventually he didn't touch him he didn't do anything but like it was <laughs> you joined that in very strange <laughs> he didn't touch him like <laughs> that's not himself but like it was just we made sure that he never trained and was never allowed like kind of in a position where we younger rest yeah. but like strange dude oh like, i definitely have a few i yeah. don't know if i can name okay fair enough. you probably know one straight away i'm yeah. picking up yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no i can na- i can name about five names but that's yeah, why i'm yeah, asking like yeah. anyone that's S- safe. Sid-, Sid vicious is the safe answer to yeah. the question because i've fair. never met him he just seems like an interesting character for <laughs> documentary yeah fair um, so I was reading. Oh, my torch on. Sorry, I was reading um, um, this story about uh, a show that took place. It was a convention. It was a wrestling convention and an MMA convention joined together in 2007 in um, Tao Palace. That's a place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's where it is then. And it happened in 2007. And long story short, um, it was a complete disaster. It, it had like Goldberg was at it, like all like big names, like WWE stars and all that. Um, and it was actually a Ring of Honor show on it that happened as well. But the Ring of Honor show was alright. That was the last day when all the shit had already kind of gone down. And basically, it was just an issue with like wrestlers getting paid. Nobody was getting paid. Like the promoter was like taking money out of people's like um, like when they weren't looking, he was going up there like their meet and greet stands and taking money and stuff. And um, oh, it was really interesting. I think there was like fight, a fight definitely broke out. And there was uh, a health scare at one point with one lad. But the most a really interesting part I thought about it was um, when all the wrestlers had a sit in protest in the hotel lobby. Um, because the promoter like didn't pay them, and those loads of just never showed up because like they knew that it was going to be like a, a real kind of like red flag event or whatever. Um, it was just it's just one of those things. I love the red, the dark side of the rings that are like I don't know, I, I love I, I appreciate all of it. I do like all of it. Like even you know the really dark stuff, but I do like the ones as well that are kind of like like two cold Scorpio scrapped in North Korea is funny. Yeah, like it is funny. Yeah, I know yeah. it's it's dark, it's dangerous, but what it, it is funny. And I do like sort of the lighter. I know obviously it's not. It's not nice to be involved in a situation, you know, like that at Cow Palace or whatever, but it is, compa- like, it's, it's a lot more lighthearted compared to some of the other stuff that you see in it. Mm. And I do, I kind of like the ones that are more kind of digestible because they're, they're a bit less kind of sad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but, yes, yeah, so that's just, it, but the reason I want a dark side to bring episode on it is just because, like, I never, I've never seen anybody speaking about it, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, so, like, that was the first time I'd, I'd read it, so I just thought like it would be an interesting one. Um, there are other ones I want to see that are, you know, like, obviously, like, you know, the obvious ones but it's it's i don't know it, it's yeah <laughs> i won't get into it it's, it's a lot 
But uh, thank you for the question, Joe. At Ross Condan. What's a good buy that you think should have happened, but in the end it didn't? Some examples uh, people might give, not me. Lingard should have left United. Phil retiring after the Michael May match. Samoa Joe should never have gone back to NXT. Uh, uh, Roscom Dan would like to uh, emphasise that it wasn't him, but I mean, he did write the question. He did. He did write that. You know what I mean? <laughs> but um, I like. I think this is a preemptive one. I think Dan um, should have gone. Do you know what? I could have not gone back to training. <laughs> <laughs> I could have missed all of that and not gone back. And uh, but I did. I could have said goodbye. There was that window right there. <laughs> Uh, but I did and it didn't go well for me <laughs> and uh, at the end of the day I only got myself to blame <laughs> oh do I have an answer for this oh, I, 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 how do I know if you have an answer <laughs> <laughs> do I have an answer for this um, I did two seconds ago before I got distracted and now I can't remember what I have answers I have multiple answers so I mean I, I could say mine you might remember you can have one of his spares uh, yeah, yeah you can have one of my spares so MMA and um and wrestling spring to mind. So MMA, you've got BJ Penn, who was one of the best fighters in the world at one point, and now has a record of 16, 14, and two. Somehow it is still positive, thankfully, but it's it's close. He's on a seven fight losing streak. His last fight was in uh, 2019. I think he has stopped, hopefully. But, um, and then his eighth most recent fight was a draw. So seven, seven fight losing streak. You don't tend to see that at like professional level. You know what I mean? Like, um, so BJ Penn springs to mind. There was another MMA fighter. I couldn't remember who the fuck it was. A lot of the legends in MMA. It is kind of like Anderson Silva should have finished up a lot earlier than he did. Um, yeah, you see it a lot in MMA. I'm just thinking again. Uh, wrestling, yeah, there's plenty of wrestling. I mean, yeah. Ric Flair is good boy. He wasn't his good boy. He ended up wrestling in TNA shortly afterwards. Yeah. Sounds yeah. awful. My, my, I remember my mine was Shawn Michaels coming out of retirement for Saudi Arabia. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's the answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought you were gonna say for his like in 2002. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Saudi Arabia. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that. Yeah. That. I, yeah, I feel like the Saudi Arabia shows will throw up a lot of answers. Like yeah. the Undertaker's another one. He should have retired a long time ago. So, His retirement against like Rain, like that felt like a retirement, and he ended up doing more matches afterwards. You know what I mean? Mm. But yeah, um, I don't know. Thank you for the question, Dan. Uh, at Brian a Maniac, you are in a tag team match. Your partner is one of your co-hosts. Your opponents are the other co-host and the partner we're choosing. Who is your partner and who is your opponent's partner? This is fucking easy, but I want to hear what you. What's what's your lo- hot logic? I think it's funnier if Katie goes first. Well, I'm just trying to decide: is it safer to have Kane as my partner or as my opponent? <laughs> like, if he's my partner, I'm definitely getting turned on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but like, if he's my opponent, I suppose there is no downside because I would finally like get to be show. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying this back and you didn't want me like today when I first showed up like a few hours ago I was like I saw like, I was standing next to the wall and I saw Katie reversing her car like towards me and I was like this is it isn't it this is the end like I'm, like she's just going to reverse that car straight into the wall and crush me like it's just, this. and he was so calm and resigned yeah. to his face I, I just accepted it I was just like this is it now it's, it's like it's it's the, the season finale like <laughs> but uh, yeah I'd have to give you a partner that I would trust not to save you okay. so someone who would turn on you who turns on? Who who's the most turnable wrestler <laughs> in wrestling? Who's gonna betray? Big Show, mm. and I love Big Show, so it's it's perfectly logical that there I would go. have a Big Show as partner. There you go. All right. Do so, you um, I think the money match is 
the money match is me and you against Katie and the up. That's, <laughs> that's the money match. Um, like that's kind of the tag match, and and the up makes the hot tag <laughs> and comes in and he's like beating the shit out of it. It's like you you slag my man, you know what I mean? And they probably you probably do get the win, like the feel good moment and stuff like that. Um, Corporate King could cheat, use the ropes though as well. Like if you want to keep the feud going, do you know what I mean? Build the two one on one matches. Um, so yeah, no, it's, I think that's the money match. Um, I am. Um, this is, for me. This is so fucking easy, right? The number one. What is the key to success in tag team wrestling? One word. Chemistry. Chemistry. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. Look, no, I know. I know we have history. The Walt Kings and. We are still the low blows, pill tag team champions and you know, longest reigning and all that stuff. But <laughs> but but Rick is an absolute king of the of the names in wrestling. The word the Richter scale, you know what I mean? The super califragilisticexpialidoshe, you know yeah. what I mean? I feel like when it comes to the puns, when it comes to the team names, you know what I mean? Like um, I feel like, I feel like me and Rick would have a buying team name, yeah. and then we just need matching gear, and that we we, we figure that out. You know what I mean? The singlet maybe, the infamous singlet. Yeah. <laughs> Stereo frog splashes of the finisher. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There you go. I mean, that's two and a half stars each is one five star frog splash. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> So the chemistry is there, and this is why the opponent is so easy to pick. Katie Harvey will be teaming alongside Emerson Jane. That is the right yeah. itself. Yeah. There's no, and they will be introduced as individuals. They will be called Emerson Jane and Katie Harvey, not you know the the something you know, not and then have their own individual gear. It'll be a one-off, two single stars tag team, and no chance. That's easy. <laughs> Excellent question, Brian. <laughs> um, right, 